When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. It's a 2024 offseason, and we are here to talk Dolphins football. We'll be with you every week, all through it, up until the start of the regular season. We'll be discussing free agency, we'll be discussing the draft, and we'll have a good time. Hopefully you'll join us as we proceed through the offseason, and... Uh, We've got a show today, so here we go. And it's another FinFans podcast this afternoon. I'm here with Chris Ragoni. How are you, Chris? I'm doing good, Mike. Um, Definitely looking forward to some of these dominoes starting to fall so we can see what... uh, what kind of roster we're going to have going into this 2024 season. Right. That's the excitement of the off season, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, we had a few coaching changes, which is probably uh, relevant as well. Obviously, Anthony Weaver was named defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He and McDaniel have known each other for about 20 years. Uh, they were together uh, with the Texans and, uh, McDaniel was a, 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 a offensive assistant. Weaver played defensive end. So, and uh, then they were together again uh, back in Cleveland in, in 2014. Mm-hmm. You know they know each other. You know, so they're comfortable with each other, I suppose. In uh, 2020, he was defensive coordinator with the Texans, and obviously that was a transition year for them. So you can't judge him on that too much. So. Well, we'll see what happens with him, but we'll talk more about him in a few minutes. Uh-huh. Ryan Slowick will be a defensive backs coach and pass game specialist. Uh, assistant defensive backs coach Matthew Arulo has earned a promotion as well, serve as cornerbacks coach in uh, 24. Uh-huh. Uh, University of Montana defensive coordinator Ronnie Bradford will be the senior special teams assistant. That's an interesting move. You know, a lot of people have been thinking, myself included, that maybe Crossman needs to go. But uh, they hired Ronnie Bradford, and and he's got a lot of experience. So, you know, maybe maybe it'll help him. So we'll see. Yeah. He's known uh, McDaniel since uh, 2005 uh, when they were both on the uh, uh, Broncos. They know each other, you know, for a long time. So I'm sure they're comfortable with him as well. Unfortunately, though, uh, Sam Madison and Ronaldo Hill uh, lost their positions in the uh, switches. So that's the way it goes. Um, feel bad for them, but that it is what it is. Yeah, definitely sad to see Madison go. Hill, yeah, too, course. but Madison, you know, he's... Yeah, he's just a good guy. Yeah. Uh, Taron Armstead announced that he's coming back for another season. Woohoo! Uh, we should probably be happy about that, considering the state of our uh, <laughs> offensive line. Yeah. And uh, if they uh, can re-sign Lamb, uh, that'll be more or less Armstead insurance. Yeah, exactly. I saw today that the Raiders are hiring Joe Philbin as a senior offensive assistant. <laughs> <laughs> he bounces around, doesn't he? 
has he got is that his first job since since um, no no he he was with green bay for a while um, he's had quite a few positions no no that was before us i'm saying yeah. since he was our head coach has he had another job i don't even yeah, know he's i forget where but he's, he's bounced, bounced around a little bit did you notice that daniel jeremiah has us picking a uh defensive pass rusher with our first pick I have not seen that. I mean, that's that's an interesting take. I've seen that guys were saying we should take Michael Penix with our 22nd pick. And I've seen a lot of silly stuff, but yeah. edge rusher is not as silly, but I don't think that's the right uh, way to go, in my opinion. Well, you know, as I always say, I think you take the best athlete available now. Yeah. You know, Greer has been known to take the best athlete available at a position of need. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, if it were me, I would categorize offensive line as a bigger need because I don't think you're going to be able to re-sign both Williams and Hunt. For sure. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh, these are these are the questions going forward. Sure and uh, Greer are going to have to get together and see what they can do, you know, move-wise and financial-wise. So we'll see. But uh, I definitely think that the offensive line has to be a bigger priority if, in fact, they cannot bring both of those players back. And even if they can, I mean, I, I still would go with an offensive lineman. I mean, this is supposed to be a pretty deep draft yep. as far as tackles and guards. And even there's a couple good centers that I wouldn't mind taking a grab at. I mean, what do you think about this? Say the best center in the draft falls to us at 21 and we still sign Williams would I mean I think Williams could definitely be serviceable back at guard. I mean that was his first position. That's what he's comfortable at. Well, he probably would not be amicable to that, you know, because yeah. he had such a, a good season at center. Yeah, he's probably going to want to stay there. That that's just my assumption. You know, maybe mm -hmm. maybe he won't, but I would think that would be the case. Yeah, I'm interested to see his timetable and where he's at in his rehab and stuff. Yep. Yep. We got a lot of players rehabbing that uh, are going to be interesting uh, decisions. You know, you've got uh, our two pass rushers, and maybe that's why Jeremiah has us taking a pass rusher, you know, because we have two of them healing, and they're, they're mm -hmm. probably figuring that we won't be able to sign AVG back. Yeah. So then, then it would make some sense. Yeah. So it's, I don't think it's a, a stupid idea by Jeremiah, you know. All right, so tell me, what, uh, what have you learned about Anthony Weaver? So I listened or I watched his uh, press conference a few times and mm -hmm. I really liked I really liked his overall aura and how he Me approaches too. the game. One thing or I'm going to name a couple things, but I'll start off with the first one that I that I jotted down is uh, having the ability to coach guys through adverse situations that he played through himself. So in other words, being able to relate to players. And I mean, I think that's huge in today's game. And yeah, I, I do, too. And it's a uh, pretty similar to how McDaniel approaches the game, and I mean, I think that I think he's going to come in and earn the um, players' respect pretty quickly. I like the way he talks. I, you know, he seems very personable and uh, a good communicator. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, another thing that I really like that he was talking about a little bit is his diverse scheme. I mean, he has a scheme that he wants to run, but at the same time, he's willing to adapt to players' strengths. So he said, and even not even our player strengths, but just depending on what the opposing offense runs. I know he was saying from week to week it changes. So maybe, you know, we change things from week to week based off of that. And I, I kind of like that. I mean, 
I really want to see him use uh, Ramsey, which he also talked about as the jack of all trades, you know, have him line up in the slot and blitz or, you know, I mean, he can do so many different things. And I don't know if it was because maybe he was coming off that injury last year that Fangio just wanted to keep him there on that island, or maybe that's just the style that he runs. But not only him, but I think Holland can be great being used in a couple different positions as well. You know, I mean, we got some guys that we can switch around and really cause confusion for offense. And I think that's going to be key. I mean, our defense last year was just, I mean, we just lined up our guys and let them play. You know, there wasn't really too much confusion being caused by, you know, our defense and it showed different games throughout the season. I mean, it seemed like you know, offenses were just able to do whatever they wanted to against us. You, well, know? you know, it was the first year in Fangio's scheme, and, and that's not an easy scheme to pick up. But yeah. once you pick it up, it's a very effective scheme. And, and mm-hmm. you saw it at the end of the season, uh, they they were in a, a like a top five defensive position, and then they regressed a little bit and, and dropped down to, I guess, 10th. Yeah. But, but uh you know, Fangio's system works. It's complicated, and let's hope that uh, Weber can come in and uh, copy a little bit of what the Ravens do. Yep, and uh, be effective with that. So I'm I'm kind of optimistic. I I I'm really optimistic. So we'll we'll see what happens. I'm as well. I mean, like like you said. I mean, I like the way he talks. His overall approach to the game. I mean, it's. It's pretty cool to see that he actually got some head coaching interviews as well. So you're bringing in a really high character guy who played the game and knows what it takes to be successful, you know? Yep. I mean, he he basically, you know, said during the uh, press conference that uh, you don't pigeonhole yourself to one particular thing. Exactly. I I think, you know, Fangio may have been doing that a little bit, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to, you have to be flexible and you have to play to your players' strengths. And, uh, that's what you want to see. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. And he said he's seen, you know, multiple guys on every level that he's excited about. Yeah. You know, we, we, we knew the same thing, right? We, mm-hmm. we knew coming into last season that uh, our defensive line was probably a strength and uh, our linebackers with the addition of long should be average and maybe be a little better than average. And uh, we expected the secondary to be good. Now, that didn't exactly work out as well as we hoped you know you had howard struggling and uh you had uh kohu struggling in the slot so it, mm-hmm. it was uh not as effective as we might have liked and and honestly ramsey didn't have as great a season as he's capable of having so yeah. we'll see what happens going forward but hopefully if if weaver can get a little bit of help in the draft and uh get somebody who can play or if if cam smith can play uh, then that'll help the defense. Yeah, I think I'm I'm definitely excited to see what Cam Smith can do because I think Weaver's just going to be able to get the most out of him that, you know, I mean, I don't know what exactly the situation was with him last year, but for him to not get really... He wasn't a really, professional, according to Fangio. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how true or how not true that right. is, but hopefully, you know, going into year two, he matured a little bit and, you know, we see the player that we drafted because, I mean, last year... When we drafted him and I was watching his highlights, I'm like, man, I love the way this kid plays. I mean, he's physical. He's got pretty good ball skills, too. You know, yep. we got to we got to see what we got in them. Um, exactly. And I'm sure they will. I mean, you know, I'm sure they'll 
give him a lot of opportunity in the preseason and see how he handles it. But last year, I guess he wasn't in the playbook as much as maybe he should have been. And I'm just hypotheticalizing here mm-hmm. because I'm not positive of what exactly it was that made Fangio say he wasn't very professional. You know, was he made late for meetings? Well, there's so many different possibilities there. Yeah. So I don't know exactly what happened between those two, but obviously there was a rift. And uh, hopefully they can uh, uh, have a better relationship with with Weaver than he had mm-hmm. with Fangio. Yeah, one thing, another thing that I liked that he said a lot in um, his press conference was that it goes back to speaking the type of guy he is. And I mean, he said he got into coaching to pay it forward to help today's uh-huh. players succeed. And I mean, obviously, we all know if you're getting a job in the NFL, money is one thing. But this guy really seems like he loves the game and he's passionate about it. And I think that is definitely going to rub off on our defensive players. And I mean, we already have guys like that. Like, I love the character of guys like Jalen Phillips, who, you know, I mean, it was devastating to see how he went out last year. But I follow him on Instagram and, you know, he posts a lot of inspirational stuff and looks like he's attacking the rehab pretty pretty hard so i mean yeah, it's he's a professional <laughs> for sure and um it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to see the, the the type of impact that he can have on this defense for sure for sure what do you think he changes what do you think will be different um i think a little bit like we we spoke about earlier uh some games we may see us running a three four other games we may see us running a four three um one thing I'd love to see, I mean, we talk about it on the offensive side all the time, but it's in-game adjustments. You know, if mm-hmm. a team's killing us in one way, hopefully he switches it up and, you know, starts running something different that we can, you know, slow the quarterback or the run game or whatever it be down, you know. Um, one thing I really loved that he said, too, was when he when he started talking about blitzing a little bit. And he said that he definitely wants to blitz, but he it has to be calculated and not reckless, so right. which is what I feel like more so of what you say when I would talk about blitzing last year. You're like, yeah, you can't blitz too much, you know, because then, you, you know, you leave guys exposed and stuff. But he said he definitely wants to blitz a lot. But like I said, it's got to be calculated. You got to pick so, your spots. Exactly. exactly. So um, I think like I like I spoke about a little bit earlier, I mean, Ramsey, Holland, guys like this. I mean, you can switch up the blitz and the look so much that, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited, even though, you know, we're, we got to see what happens with Wilkins. And, you know, we have quite a few guys on that defense, uh, Elliott, uh, Van Ginkle, see if they come back or see what what he's going to actually have to work with as far as, you know, his his players and stuff. Yep, exactly. I mean, there's going to be a lot of change, obviously, because of the salary cap and uh, mm-hmm. our position in relation to that. But, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what he has when they're all done. They're, they're going to have to find some defensive players, whether it be in the draft or, or free agency, because there are holes on the defensive side of the ball, and they're going to have to fill them, especially with the two pass rushers hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because I saw somebody report that I think uh, Van Ginkle's injury was that Linz Frank, and that's, that, that yeah, and that can take injury. yeah that can take up to eight months to recover. So yep. I mean maybe we I mean I don't know where that's going to put him at a, on the timeline as far as being ready for this season, but maybe we get Van Ginkle on a cheaper deal. You know, it's kind of like the Connor Williams situation where you know we really I mean it seems like Ross really loves him too. I saw him talking. To yeah. Ross in I mean, one you know, of those I like hard the guy, You know, he's he's a high effort player. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking of that, Weaver said as he watched the film of the defense, he they do play hard, and we talked about that last year mm-hmm. uh, during the podcast. How we thought they were playing hard. For they sure. weren't always successful, but they played hard, and that's mm-hmm. what you want to see. You know, you can make mistakes, but play hard. Yeah. You know, so they they did do that, and he, and he mentioned that as well. I mean, it was noticeable. It really was, especially when you watch the L-22. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's encouraging. Um, so, you know, they gave him a good opportunity. Now he's got to make the best of it. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I got written down here that I really loved was um, – they asked him, are you, you know, are you more of a up in the booth coach or on the field? Yeah, and he said, yeah. definitely on the field that he loves to get a feel of the game and how it's going and, you know, likes to get the players opinions on, you know, maybe what they can change or, you know, what they're doing or something that he's not seeing. And that to me is huge, you know, because yeah, it you, just, you put an assistant up in the booth and you, you, you know, communicate with exactly. him during the game. If there's something that you need to know. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, Going back to last year, I still think Fangio's a great coach, great defensive mind, but he just kind of was out of out of touch with our team. Or the out fit of, wasn't good for our mm-hmm. particular defense. It just wasn't a good fit. But yeah. still, he had a top ten defense. So, oh, for sure. You know, it's it's hard to bash the guy. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna leave it at it. Just didn't work out here. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I think he had his mind on Philadelphia. You know, the entire time. Maybe not, but it sure seemed that way. Yeah, that's what uh, somebody came out and I don't know. I think it might have been Tyreek. Somebody came out and said that. Yeah. So to each his own. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so they've got a lot of, a lot of uh, changes that have to be made. And uh, I guess we'll start seeing some of them pretty soon. And, and the first question, obviously, is do they franchise our defensive tackle, Christian Wilkins? I think they have to. I mean, even if you're going to trade him, I mean, by no means can we just let Wilkins walk. I mean, even if we franchise him, trade him, get a third round pick, hope maybe even a second round pick. I mean, you have to get something for him. I mean, he's yeah. too talented to just let him walk and not get anything in return, you know? Yeah, well, it, it all depends. I mean, you could potentially get a third round pick, uh, you know, from the league. as the, as the, oh, the compensatory? Yeah, yeah, okay. compensatory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, overall, he's he's the anchor of that defense. I mean, I don't. It, it's so it's hard, man, because it's. Do I think that we should pay him twenty million a year? I don't think so. I mean, he makes an impact, but he does may he want more than that? Yeah, but does he make that impact that Aaron Donald? I mean, some of these top top tier defensive tackles make, and I just I just don't know. I mean, he had that big uh fumble at the end in that buffalo game but in a lot of these big games he kind of just not to go back i mean i know we talk about this with the offensive lot but in a lot of the big games it's he was kind of like non-existent you know but yeah but that's gonna happen because a lot of times he's getting double teamed and yeah you know it's tough he's not (laughs) it depends how good they are but you know the offensive line is but uh you know with sealer next to him they they do you know, get some pressure between the both of them. Yeah, they're so, a really fun tandem to watch, and hopefully yeah. we can keep them together. But I just don't want, you know, that to – it's – like I said, it's just – it's hard because defensive tackle alone is, you know, that's not really a position where guys get paid a lot of – a big lump sum of money. And Wilkins has definitely earned it, but as far as where we at, where where we are at with our cap situation, I just – it's – 
Would you, I saw this the other day too. Would you rather sign Wilkins or would you rather sign Hunt, um, Connor Williams, and maybe AVG with that same money? You know, I mean, exactly. that's that's the type of money he's going to command. And right. honestly, I mean, I'm kind of swaying more towards the offensive line guys. You know, I mean, Wilkins would definitely be missed, but I think we can, you know, I don't either know if draft or sign three guys with his. No, money. yeah, maybe not three, but you get yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, yes, I do. You could potentially sign Williams and Hunt with that money, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think you'd have enough left over for ABG. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, what do you think that we do with Tua? I mean, that's that's going to be probably the first domino to drop, other than the Armstead saying that he's coming back. I mean, that's that's pretty big to how we're going to approach this free agency as well. Me, I, I, I let him play out his fifth-year option, and then I franchise tag him if I need him for another season. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to take a step back for just a couple minutes, and we'll be right back. I agree. And what? So if we franchise him, I think I read he's going to be around $18 million well, for, for this year against the Cowboys. Slightly Cow- more than that. A little bit more. It, yeah, I think it's around 22 but I could be off. I could be off. Yeah, so, so it doesn't help our immediate uh, cap problem, but... I mean, I think signing him to a mega extension is a mistake because if for whatever season or for whatever reason he doesn't make it through this season, he gets hurt or he regresses in his play. Now you're in kind of a situation that the New York Giants are in with Daniel Jones where you sign this guy to a huge contract and, you know, next year if we wanted to look for a quarterback or whatever, we're kind of asked out in that situation. Right. And I love Tua. I mean, I, you know, I've said it a million times. I think everybody kind of knows how I feel about him. I think he's a great person. I think he can continue to develop. But, you know, it's the NFL. At some point, you got to put your big boy pants on and you got to, you know, yep. you got you to gotta come through in clutch situations. And as good as he was and as many strides. You got to play good against the good teams. Exactly. That's the mark of a champion. And not, not only that, you got to finish, you know. And too many yep. times last year did we see him not finish and even, you know, the Tennessee game. I mean, we can blame the defense, but also if him and the offense would have got one or two first downs, that game's over. Yeah. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. But, you know, as fans, all we can do is hope for the best, you know. As yeah, far true. as I'm concerned, I think he's going to be our quarterback for 2024 at least. So, you know. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, there there was an article that uh, was written uh, that the Dolphins are facing a potential no-win situation with this contract. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what we were just talking about. You know, a lot of uh, speculation as to what they will or won't do. And then the question is, how does the team truly feel about Tua? Do they believe he's a championship quarterback? If they do, then you sign him to that contract while you can. And, you know, can do it at maybe a little lower number than it will be if you wait. But if you have reservations about him, as I do and as a lot of people do, um, I think it's better that you let him play on the fifth-year option. And if he has a decent season, then you franchise tag him, let him play that season out while you're trying to renegotiate a contract. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how I look at it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, you know, we'll see how they feel about him, but based on what they do. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we can win a championship with him, but he's definitely going to need pieces around him. You know, and we had a yeah. pretty good offense last year. I mean, we had pretty good pieces around him last year, but is he going to put the I team on his back? I don't playing dead against good teams. You no, know exactly. I mean? that, that's exactly where I was kind of getting okay. at was, um, you know, 
he he's not I mean or he hasn't showed yet for the most part that he can put the team on his back and that's kind of what you want to see out of a franchise quarterback what I don't want to see is happy feet yep I think that's definitely one of his biggest flaws that I noticed throughout last season was whenever there was pressure you know he's throwing the ball off his back foot or you know his footwork gets real sloppy and it's weird because that was one of his strengths coming out of college was his mechanics his footwork stuff like that he was really good at and for whatever reason whether it be the injury the offensive line the first couple years but he's kind of developed some bad habits that I think he really needs to attack because when his feet set he could make I know he's he doesn't have the strongest arm in the league, but I think I don't think people give him enough credit. His arm as, is adequate. Yeah, but, it, but I mean, his ball placement is like you know I've seen him make throws that I'm just like holy shit, and then I've seen him miss throws that I'm just like dude, like come on man, set your feet and <laughs> that's any, get that's it any there, quarterback you know? though. I mean, you could say that about any quarterback. Yeah, you know they look great when they look great, and they look bad when they look bad. So. You know, that's the way it is. Uh, quarterback's yeah. not an easy position to play, but, uh, you know, that doesn't mean you lower your standards. You have mm-hmm. to you have to aim for elite quarterback play. And that, as a franchise, you have to aim for that. You may not get there. You may get close to it, but you need to be as close to it as possible. And the question is, how, how much can Tua improve to be close to a championship-level quarterback? Then you rely on the pieces around him. But if he's playing like he did last year, I mean, the artist shoulders were great. Nobody can deny that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, watching him in pressure situations did not always make him look good. So we'll see what happens. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's an interesting uh, position. It's always fascinating to me how these quarterbacks either develop or don't. Yeah, it it just kills me to see all the different hypotheticals that guys because I, I mean, I said it after the season, I was very discouraged. And I'm just like, man, as much as I love Tua, if we can upgrade it to position this offseason without costing ourselves, you know, financial situations in the future, or draft picks in the future, I'm all for it. But yeah. I mean, to see some of the stuff that these guys come up with, you know, I mean, they're talking about trading for Kirk Cousins and his. I definitely respect the hell out of Kirk Cousins. They but aren't going to the money. Dude. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's my thing. It's like a 36-year-old guy coming off an Achilles injury and a guy who's probably going to command about a $100 million contract who, I mean, it just... Yeah, and he wants a fully guaranteed contract. Exactly, a fully guaranteed contract and also another guy who has had some pretty ta- pretty talented teams around him he tends in those big moments in playoff games. I mean, I think he's got one playoff win in nine years in the league. So it's like, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's just this this part of the year always kind of pisses me off because people just go so many different directions and bring up scenarios that aren't even Speaking realistic. Speaking I've got you know? one for you. Okay. Tannenbaum came up with a, a <laughs> hypothetical trade, and he's trading... Jalen Waddle. What? For, for uh, the cornerback on the Chiefs. What's his name? Uh, McDuffie. McDuffie. See, yep. that that's interesting because I don't hate that, but at the same time, I don't think the Chiefs would be willing to do that. I agree I mean, with you. They have to, number one, they have to sign LeJarius Sneed, who's a free agent, who's an all-pro corner. And then yep. not only that, McDuffie just got named all-pro from last yep. year. And the guy's only two or, I think, Last year was his yeah. second year in the That's league. That's correct. 
That's correct. And he's, it's he's it's actually pretty funny because Waddle's they third dra- year in his second year. Yep, and they drafted him with one of the picks they got in the Tyreek trade. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I thought you were actually going to bring up because I saw Tannenbaum say something in regards to the Giants and trading up for that number one pick, and it was the most ridiculous. I mean, he was talking about giving up two firsts, two seconds, and Kayvon Thibodeau for that. I mean, Tannenbaum. Yeah. I definitely feel some type of way because of the job that he did when he was with us. But whenever I watch, because I watch ESPN almost every day, I watch NFL Live. He's on Get Up a lot. And his takes on things are just so bad. I'm just like, how does this guy still have a job with ESPN? I mean, he he just says some really (laughs) ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But I thought that was a hypothetical that it, at least on some level made some sense. But I don't see it happening. I don't it think does, the Chiefs would make that deal. No, and at the same time, it's like, okay, so we trade away Waddle and then what? You know, exactly. I mean, are, are we going to draft another wide receiver? Or are we going to sign some? Inf- I mean, Waddle to me, I don't know. I mean, he's another guy that we got to see what kind of year he has because after this year, I believe him Holland and a few others are going to be looking for contract extensions too. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, Waddle kind of took a step back last year, whether it was because of him being hobbled the whole year, or I felt like at certain times Tua just wasn't looking at him. Cause I saw him I open on quite a few. I mean, it was just a, a combination of things. Maybe McDaniel's not scheming as many plays for him, but He's a really talented guy, and I mean, he just for whatever see for whatever reason, I think it it had a lot to do with the injuries because it felt like he was dealing with something at the beginning of the year, then he got healthy, and then something else, and then at the end yep. of the year was his ankle, and just. Yep. But that wasn't that was one of his things coming out of college. I mean, coming out of college, I think he tore his ACL that final season. But, you know, Greer loves these guys that you can get. I mean, we didn't even get a discount on him now that I'm thinking about it because we traded a first-round pick to move up four slots to take him when he probably would have been available. So, I don't know. I mean, Waddle's another guy that I love. I mean, he's he's not a diva. You know, he goes in there, he does his job, he wants to win, he wants to play hard. That was simply a present for Tua. I mean, that's how yeah, I feel about for it. for sure. That's, that's why they gave up what they gave up. You know, yeah. they targeted him, they wanted him, and they got him. Mm-hmm. Now, how are they going to use him? Because they got to do better than last year, you know, as far as he's concerned. He needs more targets. For sure. So, you know, hopefully McDaniel will balance the offense a little bit. And, you know, with that, find a a, a third receiver that's has better ability than the guys we've had playing. And mm-hmm. uh, that tight end position you know, Man. Is, is one you'd like to see them address, but you just don't know that they will. Mike is an understatement, Mike. I would love to see us take somebody like Sam Laporta last year that the D- that the Detroit yeah. Lions drafted. I mean, yeah. we if you look at some of the most successful offenses in the league, they have a great tight end and a yeah. guy who can stick his hand in the dirt and block, but also right. a guy who can create in yeah. the middle of the field. I mean, if you add that dynamic to this offense with those two guys on the outside, I mean, I just don't see how anybody could stop that, especially with the way Mostert was running the ball. I mean, McDaniel has to if if we're really going off this Shanahan tree or this we're trying to replicate what they're doing in San Francisco, I've said this before, George Kittle's such a pivotal piece because of all the things he I mean, there's some games where he has three catches and he still impacts the game heavily because of the way he can block. And it's just I mean, we're we're really lacking that right now. Yeah. You know, I mean that yeah. 
that and there just aren't that many guys out there that um, make your toes tingle to steal a man. Yeah, trace. but even last year, Mike, I mean, there was quite a few tight ends that were drafted. I mean, even the guy that I kind of wanted um, was the guy that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers drafted. Uh-huh. Can't think of his name, Washington. And I mean, he was Brock Bowers was the number one tight end, and he's going to be probably a top 10 pick last year. But I mean, that guy was um, six, seven. 200 and something i mean he was a huge guy and he's got decent hands and he played well for pittsburgh last year you know he was definitely used more as a blocker but i mean there was a lot of time i mean green bay drafted two tight ends that are actually pretty talented i mean there there's guys that come out it's just i don't for whatever reason we just don't look at it as a need you know i mean i don't I don't understand it, but you know, hopefully that changes this year. I don't think I want a six foot seven tight end. <laughs> yeah, I mean that he was also Mike, probably the fifth tight end drafted. So I'm yeah, not okay. saying that he, yeah. you know he was a he was w- worth drafting in the first round. I think he ended up going in the late second or the third round. But I mean, just guys, just a body. I mean, you get excited about that because you know he can be a red zone threat, and that's mm-hmm. that's the reason you like that height. But as a blocker, he's going to have difficulty. Uh, blocking because you know the lowest guy wins and at six mm-hmm. foot seven it's tough to get yeah you know it's tough to get the leverage i hear you all right well you got anything else you wanted to talk about um no i mean that's about it you know i mean we i think we have about two weeks for us to clear 80 million dollars <laughs> so i think within the next few weeks there's going to be quite a few moves sure. happening and right now is kind of just you know some teams quiet. have started cutting people. We've been kind of quiet, so yeah. But I you think, know, the, you know, the moves will be coming. Yeah, and he's got Greer's got so much work to do that I think that's why it's been quiet. You know, we're gonna he's working up all these deals and restructures and all this, and I think within a week or two, all of it's just gonna start. You know, hitting the fan. So yeah, I mean, it's gonna be interested. Um, I'm definitely still excited. It's just uh. We're in we're in quite the position right now. I always get excited in the off season, you know, because you you have dreams of the team getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, with our cap situation, this year feels a little different. Definitely does. We're trying to hope to stay the same, and that's going to be hard to do. Mm-hmm. So agreed. Uh, they have to make a lot of smart personnel decisions, and uh, that hasn't been Greer's strength. So <laughs> we'll see, you know. Uh, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to hate on anybody because, you know, Greer's done an average job, maybe slightly above average, but, uh, you know, this is going to be a key season for him and uh, he's got to come through. He, he can't be uh, pulling in people that can't play or drafting people that can't play. You know, you, you, he's got to be hitting because this team needs draft players, drafted players because of the lower salaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you don't want to, pick guys who are going to hurt your team you need guys who can play so we'll see what happens i don't mean i don't mean to i mean i know (laughs) not only mine but Lou's position on greer is pretty harsh at times but i think it's definitely well deserved you know i mean he's 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 really made some mistakes he's made a lot of mistakes and you know even the tyree kills the taran armsteads i mean these are guys that we had to either give big contracts or give up draft picks or in some case both you know, yep. to kind of cover up his drafting fails. And, you know, I mean, hopefully this year, I mean, we <laughs> we talk about this all the time too, but I mean, no projects, Mike. I don't want no projects drafted this year. We need guys who are going to come in and play right off the rip. And 
we we see it all throughout the league, whether it's guys on other teams getting drafted in the second round, the third round, fourth round, guys that just come in and impact the offense or the defense right away. And that's really what we need this year. Like the you sixth just said. and seventh round, that's where you draft projects. Exactly. Yep, exactly. I mean, you <laughs> okay. know, that that's, you know, the whole draft's a crapshoot, but once you get to that point, it's just like, all right. I mean, you know, you're yep, just throwing. This guy's got a shot. Let's take him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we could we could have made that decision with uh, Purdy, right? But we took uh, Thompson instead. Which is quite odd. I don't know if I've ever said it before, but if you're drafting a quarterback in the seventh round, why would you not draft the guy who wears number 13 because of Dan Marino, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, as far as I'm concerned, from what I've seen, he was the more accomplished quarterback in college. So that in it alone is a weird situation and kind of, you know, yeah, a drafting miss again by Greer, but you know, it's the seventh round, like we just talked about. So yeah, I, I it wouldn't is, call but. it a miss. You got, you got some use of him, you know, he, he, uh, filled in last year as he, as he needed to, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, he's obviously a backup quarterback. He, I don't think he has starter potential. No, nah, I don't. So we'll see. I, don't think, I agree with you on that. All right, Chris, uh, let's uh, wrap this up. We'll be back in a week, and hopefully there'll be some more news, and uh, uh, hopefully it's exciting news, but we'll, we'll see. I'd like to see them get, you know, lock down uh, Wilkins and uh, uh, keep him next to Sealer because I think that makes a, a decent defensive middle. A thousand percent. All right. Thanks for joining me, and... Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. And as I said, we'll be back next week. And uh, fins up. Fins up, everybody. All right, fin fans, that's today's show. I want to thank the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Sports Social podcast network. Check out these sites, guys. They've got articles and uh, podcasts, which I think you'll enjoy. All right. Until next week, be well and take care. Podcast Network.